Party people, welcome back to another South End Cinema What I'm Watching episode. It's your man LB, and I'm back to talk about some more of the stuff that I've been looking at on TV. Uh, so sit back and enjoy this, you know what I'm saying? Um, and we'll get right into it after I say a couple words, man. I want to give a shout out and rest in peace to my man DMX, you know what I'm saying? Um, today is what, April 13th, and uh, he died a couple days ago over the weekend. Um, hip hop legend, you know what I'm saying? Um, definitely one of the cats that I really rocked with. Um, since he came out, man, he came out in like 98, which was my last year of high school and my first year of college. And um, he dropped two albums that year. The first album is Dark and Hell is Hot came out in May of that year. So that was like right at the end of my um, high school career. You know what I mean? Um, you know, in Connecticut and up north, you know, we, we get out of school um, in June. So we go like September to June. And um you know, so I was still in school, um, in high school when that first dropped. So when I first started hearing about him and first started hearing his music and everything, I was kicking it with my, my high school friends. You know what I mean? Shout out to all of those cats riding around in my man, Dave Jones, his father's, uh, <laughs> minivan pops had a minivan and we used to roll, load the crew up in the minivan and roll out. You know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, we started school. I came down to North Carolina to go to college. So when we first um, started college, that was in August. And um, so everybody was pretty familiar with X's music at that point. And then, um, you know, in the, uh, in December of that year of 98, you know, it dropped uh, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. And, <clears throat> yo, we was all on X, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, um you know, me being from Connecticut, you know, some of the fellas are from, you know, New York and Jersey and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, didn't really matter where you were from. He was one of those people that kind of, I heard Bomani Jones say on, on his podcast yesterday that, you know, DMX came at a time where the regional, like hip hop was still kind of regional at that time, but it was sort of a transition and he became a person that really didn't have a region. Like if he would have came, like as Bo said, if he would have came out a couple years earlier, then he would have been a New York, you know, a cat that New York dudes or people from, you know, the Northeast would have really loved and, and his music wouldn't have hit in other places, um, you know. But because he came out when he did, you know, it was kind of a transition point, a pivot point for hip hop. And, um, you know, his music came out at that time. And, you know, it was it was something that everybody embraced, because, like I said, I came I came to school in North Carolina and cast down here. It wasn't just the people that was from up north. It was everybody was rocking with him. You know what I'm saying? And for my own crew, you know, what I'm saying we used to we used to randomly, you know, we'll see each other and it'll be, you know, I'm you know, I'm kind of a ways away, but I can kind of see one of the boys over, you know, we were like, yeah, or we were like, uh-huh. So we used to do shit like that. And you know what I mean? Like you'll randomly hear somebody be like, what? So, you know, that was all DMX shit. You know what I'm saying? The ad-libs that he did, you know, that was all, that was all us. But, you know, it was, it was tough to hear that he passed away. I just, you know, like I said, I wanted to say a, a little bit about him before we get into his TV stuff. Um, Earl Simmons, 50 years old, um, you know, 
if you don't know, if you probably have heard of him, you know what I'm saying? If you if you're not really familiar with him and his music, I would definitely encourage you to to check it out, especially those two albums that came out in 98, because he came out and hit the ground running. You know what I'm saying? And it was something new. It was something different. Um, his music was it was very emotional. You know, you heard if you've been following X all this time, man, you've you've heard that man pray. You've heard him tell tragic stories about, you know, abuse that he had to take as a kid and, and terrible situations that he was involved in, um, you know, a mentor, a guy that he knew that that he looked up to being the person that slipped him a lace blunt when he was 14 years old. And that being what what got him addicted to crack and, and you know, heavy drugs and stuff. You know, that that's the reason why he died was a drug overdose. So that lace blunt that that dude, that dude slipped him when he was 14 years old started him down that that path of addiction. And, um, you know, so you you heard him, you know, talk about that. You've seen him, you know do it all like you know he was it was kind of like how Tupac was like when when Pac was alive for those of y'all that know Pac's music Pac's music was kind of across the board like he had some very you know misogynistic type stuff but he also made Dear Mama and Keep Your Head Up and stuff you know songs like that you know to uplift the black women um you know he had stuff like Ambitions as a Rider and you know when we ride on our enemies and hit them up and stuff like that where he was talking the most gangster shit like I'm killing you I fucked your bitch blah 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 you know what I'm saying like just going in on whoever he was mad at at the time and he had stuff that was like touched every point in between those two things so he kind of went from one extreme to the next or whatever but that's that's real stuff that's like what people think and what people feel and um so that's why I think Pac really resonated with a lot of people even though you might not be you might not have had the same exact experiences that he had. You can at least relate to the emotion behind it and things like that. Right. Um, and I think DMX was a person that kind of carried that torch as well. You know, Pop was murdered in 96 and X's first two albums, like I said, dropped in 98. So they didn't overlap in terms of their careers and everything. But I think to a certain extent, um, like I tweeted the other day, I said he was kind of like the heart and soul of hip hop while he was around, like Tupac was, because his music, you know, was probably the truest representation of the person behind it that, you know, you could possibly get. And then also, you know, you saw him do, you know, interviews and things like that. Like I said, you know, if, if you've seen any interviews with him, um, listening to his music if you watch backstage which is another thing that came out like i think that came out like maybe 99 um you know he was on the hard knock life tour with jay-z and red man and method man ja rule and dmx they were all on tour together back in like 99 um and they went around the u.s and they have a documentary on that called backstage if you haven't seen that check that out you know what i'm saying we used to watch backstage all the time you know, um, but you you get to hear and see DMX, you know, right when he was, you know, rising to the top of hip hop. Um, and you also get to hear other people talk about him, you know, 
as peers, you know what I'm saying? So backstage is definitely something that I would highly recommend to learn about X, but also to learn about the other people involved as well. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I remember Irv Gotti talking about him and in, um, in backstage and talking about like, you know, the story that X told him one time, which I've heard him say as well, like where, you know, he was getting in trouble or stuff a lot when he was a kid. And, um, one day they took him to what they told him was a boarding school and they were like, yo, let's, you know, let's check out this school. We want you to see how you feel about coming here and everything like that. And he was like, you know, it was cool. I, I wasn't really feeling it like that, but it was a height though. You know, it was, you know, way far away from the city. He's from Yonkers, New York. So it was like way far away from, you know, from Yonkers and, and I, I think Yonkers is right outside of, of uh, the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's not in New York City proper, but it's it's right outside of there or whatever. But it was totally different from anything that he had, you know, experienced before that, you know, at that time of his life. And come to find out or he came to realize that, wait, this isn't a school. This is like a juvenile detention center. So they left him there. Um, like I said, I mentioned the thing about, um, you know, the guy slipping him the lace blunt and, you know, Irv also talked about like, you know, the projects that X lived in and all that. So in an industry and around a group of other people that, you know, have all come from kind of rough backgrounds, you know, he was the person that kind of had the roughest to a certain extent, you know what I'm saying? And you felt that. You know, when you listen to his music and everything, you know what I'm saying? And he had a lot of dope joints, too. Like it, it was, you know, it was it was great music that was coming out. But it, like I said, it also resonated with people on a lot of different emotional levels and spiritual levels. Because, like I said, he, he prayed a lot. You know what I'm saying? X was a person that was struggling with his addiction and he was struggling with a lot of the wild shit that he had done. You know, probably some of that stuff being inspired or or driven by the addiction, but also, you know, the fight that he had within himself because he did love the Lord and he he wanted to get right. And that was something that, you know, he struggled with his his entire life, that kind of balance. And I think that's one of the reasons why so many people, you know, really, really rock with him is because this is a person who has done a lot of bad shit, but he's had a lot of bad shit happen to him as well. And he's struggling with you know, the day to day grind of just being a person and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the last thing I want to say too, <clears throat> another reason why I really love DMX was, um, I told y'all about like, you know, 98, you know, end of high school, start of college and, you know, how his music was like a part of the soundtrack of that part of my life. And it was the, the soundtrack for a lot of other people at that stage of life as too, um, as well. Um, I think it was like 2000 and I wrote about this on Twitter and Facebook. So if y'all rock with me there, then you already seen this or whatever. But for those who are listening, um, in like 2000, um, you know, I went to NC State. There was a, a a random like Tuesday. I think it was like the beginning of the school year. There was a buzz going around campus. Like, yo, I think I heard DMX is supposed to be doing a concert today. So everybody's talking about this shit, but everybody's kind of like, man, I don't know. 
then you start hearing that, well, I heard he was at Shaw earlier. I heard he was at St. Aug earlier, which those are two, for those that don't know, Shaw University and St. Aug University are um, two HBCUs that are right here in the Raleigh area as well. Like, um, shit, Shaw's basically down the street from NC State. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're on the same road. If, you, if you're on Western Boulevard and you're right by NC State, if you keep going down, then it'll turn, eventually it turns into MLK, but but you know what I'm saying? Shaw University is right there. So, Shaw and St. Aug are, are two HBCUs in Raleigh, North Carolina, not that far from NC State. So, everybody is like, well, he was at Shaw, he was at St. Aug, maybe he is coming out here. But we still weren't completely sold. We still didn't know if it was if it was the truth or not. But, you know, everybody that kind of decided, like, you know, we'll check it out and see what's happening. Um, and I remember I was staying at um, at this dorm that was right across the street from where they said he was going to be at, which is uh, the Mission Valley um, Shopping Plaza and Rally or whatever. And um so we go out there, me and the fellas, and, you know, we had decided to, you know, to to grab some shit from the, the ABC store, which is the package store in, in North Carolina and in the South or whatever. And um, we got some shit from the store and we got fucked up, man. We got, as my man would say, my man Mill would say, we got D-Runk, not drunk, D-Runk. You know what I'm saying? So we got, we got fucked up. We went out there and... Um, you know, they had a stage set up. So it was like, okay, well, this might be real. Like, I mean, they wouldn't just put a stage in a parking lot if this wasn't really about to happen. So we out there chilling. Everybody tries to get a a, a a spot because you know it was just it was standing room only there weren't any chairs out there and anything so you try to kind of get in where you fit in and um i think they were playing music and all that kind of stuff and then the dj is like the dj comes on is like hey hey folks i'm sorry to tell y'all you know he said something to the effect of like hey you know um dmx was supposed to show up but you know he's caught in traffic or whatever he was telling us that x was actually on his way to see us to perform for us but unfortunately something happened and he won't be able to make it now so everybody's like damn especially because anybody that was skeptical now you find out that this actually was supposed to happen so now you're like damn yo this dude was supposed to be here and you know traffic or whatever it was then you know then you know stopped our fun and then all of a sudden in the background you hear yo hold on, hold on dog hold up dog i'm here whatever he said but you know you heard that raspy gravelly voice and it was like oh shit he really here and i don't know if the lights went out or however it went but man when that man hit the stage in that red leather <laughs> that he had on some leather pants and um a leather jacket i don't think he had a shirt on but he had on all that red ass leather and it was i swear it was like august or something like that and if y'all know anything about this north carolina weather it gets real in august you know what i'm saying this dude was out there with that on he hit that stage everybody went crazy <coughs> excuse me Everybody went crazy, man. I don't remember what the first song he did was or whatever, but it was such a dope thing that he did that, I mean, he performed, you know, all of the joints, you know, all the stuff that everybody knew and everybody loved and everything like that and rocked out with us for, you know, about an hour. And it was around a time where um, he was announcing that he was trying to do um, his own record label, Bloodline Records. 
So in addition to the performance, you know, he was trying to see if if there were any people out there in the crowd that, you know, could sing or rap or whatever, you know, if they wanted to try to come up and and perform and, you know, maybe get a record deal. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I remember one of my boys was, was going to go up there. I can't remember if he actually got up there or not, but he was he was trying to at least, you know what I'm saying? But some people did get up there and, you know, I don't know if anybody from, from the area got signed or whatever, but it was just dope that, you know, people had that, that opportunity, you know what I'm saying? But it was just so dope because like I said, he was such a big part of, of what we were doing when we first got in school and his music had such an impact on us. And it was the soundtrack, you know, that's one thing about music. Like music is, is so important to us because there's a song for everything that you're feeling that you're going through and music can be the soundtrack of moments in your life or for, you know, a period of your life or whatever like that. Um, you know, that, that's why we love the music and the musicians that we rock with so much, you know, in certain cases, because it's like, yo, when I was really going through X, Y, Z, this person's music was really talking to me a certain way. Like I said, and like I said earlier, you know, you, you may not have had some of the terrible experiences that he had, but you can relate to him nonetheless because of the emotion behind it. Um, or because of the fact that maybe, you know, somebody who went through those things, you know what I mean? So you can, you know, you can think about whoever, you know, that was struggling with addiction when you hear him talk about his problems with addiction and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, um, so, and I didn't even realize it at the time when we were at the concert and I didn't really think about it until, you know, the last couple of days, but that really was such a special moment for all of us because he really was like one of the biggest people in hip hop at the time. And, you know, he, he took the time out of his busy schedule to come perform for free for a bunch of broke college motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? And he really made everybody's day. And it was such a special moment. Um, and, you know, from that point on, you know, he just continued to, you know, make a lot of, uh, of good music and, you know, movies and all that kind of stuff. So he was just a, a special individual that a lot of people really came to know and love. And I feel like um, I, I wish that, you know, his end wouldn't have come the way that it did with the overdose and everything. But I really do feel like because of the fact that so many people showed him love and and spoke about it while he was here like he did the the versus battle with Snoop Dogg um a couple months ago that was one of the most popular ones um I feel like X knew that people really loved him and that, you know, how much he was appreciated. Like they say, like, give people their flowers while they're here. I feel like uh, people really did that and that he was very much aware of the fact that people felt this way about him. Um, So I hope that along with the fact that, you know, unfortunately, the addiction did take him. Hopefully he's at peace now. Because it seemed like he was a person that was really struggling with a lot of different things and has had a lot of trials and tribulations and everything like that. And he he was a a person who seemed like, you know, he wouldn't be able to find peace uh, 
until he was gone. You know, you just you you feel sad for him and for his family and, and loved ones and everybody that it came that way. But I do truly believe that, you know, if he was ever at peace, then now would be the time that he would that he would be at peace. So I, I definitely hope that that is the case and that he did know how much people, you know, uh, loved and respected him as an individual and as an artist. You know what I'm saying? So much love. Um and, and many shouts out and thank you to DMX. All right. So now that we got that taken care of, talk about a little bit of TV here with y'all before we get to get this thing, uh, before we wrap this thing up here. Um, first up, got to mention Snowfall. Again, I'm not going to really spoil it for y'all that those that are not watching it that have not caught up with the show. But, um, yo, this season four is no joke, man. Like they are really rocking and rolling right now. If you've seen the most recent episode then you know that things are really about to get real crazy over the next couple episodes, I think we have two more episodes. I think the last time I said that they were maybe going to have a shorter season, but this is actually going to be a 10 episode season. So I think the last episode that we saw was um, episode eight. So we've got nine coming this week and then 10 coming next week. And I don't know what's going to happen these last two episodes, but I know I can't wait. Um, I'm thinking of doing a, um, I do think I want to do a season wrap up of the show at some point once the season is over with. And then um, a little further down the line, they have been renewed for another season. So I don't know if it'll be before the next season or or what, but at some point I would definitely like to do like a one-on-one episode on Snowfall where we cover like the entire series. And if it happens to be before the fifth season, I don't know if that's supposed to be the, the final season or not, but let's just say that it will be right. But let's say we do one before that season comes and goes then we'll just cover everything from the the first episode to the end of season four and then maybe come back, you know, and do like a another one where we cover the fifth season and stuff like that. But I definitely want to do a lot of detail, you know, talk about Snowfall with a couple guests and everything like that. And, you know, really chop it up about the show and, you know, what we love about it and, and all that kind of stuff, like kind of our origin story and how we came to watch it and all that type of shit. But again, man, if y'all are not watching Snowfall, if you're not caught up, you need to get caught up, man, for real. It's on FX um, Wednesday nights and then the, the episodes go to Hulu the next day. So get on that, man. Next up that I wanted to mention, um, I watched uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong recently, and um, it was okay. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what do you really expect from a King Kong Godzilla movie? Um, you know, the, the fight scenes were pretty good. A lot of the stuff, as, as I've heard other people say, the stuff with the humans was was kind of whack at times. But, you know, I guess, I guess they can't really make a movie without humans in it. But... Um, we could have really done without them. But I will say this, as far as the fight scenes go, um, excuse me, one more time. I, I think I got a, another cough coming. I should have got some water before I um, started this. So hold on real quick. <coughs> All right. Sorry about that. Um, as far as those fight scenes go, 
Godzilla was whooping King Kong ass. Okay. Um, I, I guess I should say spoiler alert, but yeah, he was fucking King Kong up, man. Um, they had Kong in this in this little sanctuary. He was all in this nice little pretty area and he had all kind of monsters and fruits and berries and shit to choose from to tickle whatever fancy that he had. He was living the plush life and shit. And Godzilla was out in these streets, man. Godzilla was out in these streets and he had to hunt for whatever he ate and he had to be about that action at all times. And when it came to these motherfuckers fighting, he jumped in that ass. Um, The first fight that they had, it wasn't even fair. They had Kong on that ship. They was transporting him from from Fru-Fru land to wherever the fuck. I forget where they were going. But they had him on this big-ass boat. And uh, Godzilla came up and was fucking him up. He almost drowned this nigga, man. That shit was funny, yo. He, <laughs> it was in the ocean rocking. <clears throat> Godzilla was beating that ass. Um, and then they had another fight. Uh, the the main event was, you know, when they got to to rocking and rolling in, in Tokyo. And Hong Kong, excuse me. Hong Kong. Man, they tore Hong Kong up, man. They was beating they was beating each other's asses and they was just they was tearing up all the buildings, man. It looked like um the New York the New York, New York video that Snoop and them did where they was kicking over the vit the kicking over the buildings in New York City. That's what it looked like when they was going through Hong Kong, man. And um honestly Godzilla could have killed this motherfucker in that fight if he really wanted to, but he let up on him. He let him go. You know what I'm saying? Like Godzilla's he he stopped King Kong's heart and the little girl that was Kong's best friend was crying and stuff cuz she was like his heart is slowing down. He's dying. Like like I said, Godzilla was in them streets, man. He was he was beating this man's ass. But they teamed up at the end because they had a Mecha Godzilla um, that was coming to attack Godzilla, and he was getting the best of Godzilla. <clears throat> Kong came through and helped him out, so they they tag teamed on that joint, and and they ended the movie like that. So it was interesting. It was cool. I mean, visually, it was pretty good. The story, like I said, wasn't really that good, but I didn't go into it really expecting a great story. <clears throat> But if you haven't seen that, um, it's in theaters and it's also on HBO Max. Uh, Another thing I wanted to mention was um, back in March, I guess, when it first came out, I watched uh, Coming to America. Good little movie, man. I mean, I I enjoyed it because I didn't come into it with any expectations. We obviously know that the original is a classic and it's, it's one of you know, most of our favorite movies. But that movie came out 30 years ago. You know what I'm saying? So whenever I saw, when I first heard that they were doing a sequel, I was kind of like, okay, who asked for this? We don't need this. But, um, you know, whenever I saw the trailer for it, then I was I was really into it. And I just want to say that um, for anybody that actually took this movie seriously, Either you have no sense of humor or you just don't know what the fuck, you know, I have no idea like what was wrong with you. If you came into this movie and had all kinds of think pieces and, and things like that, 
the moment you saw them old ass niggas from the barbershop in the trailer, you should have known that this movie was going to be about nostalgia and that it was going to be about fun and that it was something that you shouldn't have taken seriously. Because when I saw those old dudes, I was like, oh, yeah, we about to have fun with this. This about to be a party. And that's exactly what it was. Those dudes. And y'all know what I'm talking about. The barbershop scenes where Eddie and um, Arsenio were playing those old, old ass guys. Let's think about this for a minute. That movie came out in like 1987 or 88. Those characters would have been like 80 something years old at that time. It's 2021 right now. There's no way in hell they would still be alive if this was a serious movie that they want you to think is a continuation of the story and blah, 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 blah. Like whatever the fuck you wrote in your think piece, those guys would have been dead a long time ago. So like I said, if you saw those dudes and were like, well, let's see what what story they're going to give us. Let's see what they're going to do about. But no, no. You look at that. You see, oh, oh, they really they gonna be on joke time for real, for real. That's how you have to go into this movie. So when I came into it, I had no expectations of of anything serious. I thought it was gonna be fun, and I had a great time watching it. So I would definitely, you know, I think I gave it five fists. Um, I definitely will recommend it to you. Um, but you just have to have your mind right when you go into it. Same thing with the Godzilla Kong movie or whatever. You can't really take that serious and think that it's going to be Oscar worthy material and all that kind of stuff. It's a fucking movie about a big ass lizard and an oversized gorilla having a fight. Like, come on now. So as long as you got your mind right. And you know what you're getting into when you watch those two films. I think you'll have a good time watching both of them. Although I think Coming to America was the better movie. Um, But it's nowhere near as good as the first one. It's not as funny as the first one either. But there were some funny moments. Um, But it was it was great to see everybody still looking good. Um, They brought back, you know, some of the the people that made cameos in the original and stuff like that. There were a couple references, you know, and and jokes that, you know, refer to the the original film and stuff like that. So it was definitely good for nostalgia's sake, man. So I had a good time watching that. Uh, Let's see. What else do we want to talk about before we get out of here? Um, Watch this documentary on um, Hulu. Uh, a couple of days ago, I think it was over the last weekend or something like that, called WeWork. And it's about, I guess, this, this company called WeWork, which I had never heard of until I saw the documentary. But apparently it's like a, um, I forget the term that they use, but it's like a, a shared office space type of thing. So it's like, you know, if, if you're like, like right now, we're, we're still in the middle of this pandemic. Um, and a lot of people are not working in their normal offices so they're either at home or whatever you know but you could like they it's one of those shared spaces where you could go to the we work place and if you just want to change the scenery you can go in there and do your thing so this this documentary is about the company itself and the man behind it i forget what his name was um but it was really interesting because it was like he was kind of running things kind of like a cult and of course, there was some shady shit going on because why else would we be making a documentary about this? Right. But they were presenting it as if it was a tech company, but they really had no tech. Um, but, and you know, instead of marketing it and, and talking about it as um, a real estate endeavor, they were they were trying to push this tech thing. And 
you know, a lot of twists and turns. Um, I don't have any notes on it right now, so I'm kind of drawing a blank on some of the specifics. But I'm actually I don't want to tell you some of the specifics because I want you to see how things unfold when you check it out. But it was very interesting um, that I've. And in talking about it, like once I tweeted about it and stuff like that and mentioned it online, a few people hit me up like on Twitter and was like, yo, you know, I've been in one of those spaces. I've worked my company, you know, you know, did some work in one of those spaces or whatever. So apparently they have a lot of them in New York City. Um, I don't know if they have them in other places, but New York City definitely has a bunch of WeWorks and they're still around. Um, the head man, you know, that they focus on in the in the dock is not the the main man at the company anymore but you know he's still out there he and his wife are trying to um to do some some other stuff oh they had a they had they also had like the we work office spaces but then they also had like the we they had a thing called we live which was supposed to be like basically an apartment complex where people that you know work in the we works um, live together or whatever. So it's like a community, basically like a big ass dorm room for, you know, young professionals and all that kind of stuff. So they wanted to kind of, you know, change their thing was there's no me. It's we like, you know, teamwork makes the dream work and all that kind of stuff. So that's the kind of line that they were pushing. Um, so yeah, this guy and his wife are still out there. They're trying to, I think, I think it said at the end that they were trying to open up like a school or something like that. And, and I swear this dude's wife was weird. She wasn't really in the documentary that much, but she looked like a reptilian to me, man. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I was kind of weirded out by her, the, the few scenes that she was actually in, but again, it's called, we work us on Hulu and it's, it was a pretty good documentary. I definitely would uh, recommend that to anybody looking for something good to watch, um, on the documentary side. Um, just a couple other things real quick. Um, I've been watching the Falcon and the Winter Soldier on uh Disney plus really enjoying that. Um, we're four episodes into that. Um, just like with Snowfall, I don't, I don't want to talk about a lot of details with that because people may not be watching it or they may not be caught up right now. So I would just say that um, it's been very interesting. Um, I heard some stuff about the next episode um, that is supposed to be, you know, episode five is the number that I'm talking about. Um, they said episode five is supposed to be um, going to be a very emotional episode that people are going to cry and all of that. And there's some speculation about why that may be. I won't even get into that right now. Um, but I will say this. Um, if what they were talking about does happen, then yeah, I'm probably going to cry. You know what I'm saying? But I will come back. Like next time I do one of these, I'll mention it. And if, if what they said is going to happen, um, happens, then I'll let y'all know at that point. You know what I'm saying? But for right now, I don't even want to put it out there because I don't know if it's if it's true or not. So we'll see what happens in a few days. The episode comes out on Friday, so we'll see what happens then. And then the next time I do one of these, then I can get into whether or not um, you know that that went down or not. And then the last thing I wanted to mention um, it's a a little reality show on Netflix called Buried by the Bernards. And it's about this black family that owns a funeral home in Memphis, Tennessee. It's this guy named Ryan Bernard. I think the funeral home is called R. Bernard. 
something, something. Our Bernard Funeral Homes, I believe. And uh, that's for Ryan Bernard. And it's uh, the show features him, his mother, who works at the show, uh, works at the uh, funeral home with him, his two daughters. Uh, one of them is um, 18 and the other one's like 24. And his uncle, Kevin, man, uncle Kevin is funny as shit, man. And they all are really, but un- uncle Kevin and his mom are the funniest ones and their brother and sister uncle kevin and and the mom ryan's mom are brother and sister um those two are probably the funniest two people on the show man but if you're looking for and i'm not really a big time reality show person but i happen to you know come across it i saw the trailer for it it looked kind of interesting so i checked it out i forget how many episodes it is it's less than 10 though um but and they're only like 30 minutes or whatever. But that shit is pretty funny, man. And I, I think I heard that they might have gotten another season as well. Um, but and it's it's it is about a funeral home, but you know, it's not a morbid type of show. You know what I mean? It's it's more about because I think what Ryan wants to do is is pass along the, the funeral home to his his girls. But of course, they're young women. They're not really trying to hear all of that. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, one girl is is 18. So, you know, she's about to get out of high school and, and make a decision about college. And then the uh, the other one is a, um, is a young, you know, a young woman. And she's, you know, just, you know, young adulthood. You know what I'm saying? She's past college age. You know, she's got a child and everything like that and dating this guy and all of that kind of stuff. So right now, they're not trying to hear anything about, you know, going into the funeral business or whatever so it's just it's just good fun good fun family entertainment you know some some funny black folks from from memphis tennessee um so i definitely would highly recommend that i think i gave that one a five fist as well when i talked about that on um, online so buried by the bernards is the name of that definitely check that out um you got to see the wild shit that Uncle Kevin gets into. You got to hear how crazy the mom is and all that type of stuff, man. And it probably will remind you of yourself and, and family members of yours as well. You know what I'm saying? So definitely check that out. Um, and that was it. You know what I'm saying? Um, those were the things that I wanted to talk about. Um, we knocked them all out. I'll be back sometime soon to um, you know talk about some more stuff that I've been checking out. And like I said, um, sometime after we finish this season of Snowfall, I'll um, I'll get a group together. Um, I, I got a few folks in mind, but I don't want to name them right now just in case I can't get them. But we'll do a season four wrap up. We'll be getting into some detail about um, season four of Snowfall. And then, like I said, at some point, you know, in the future, we'll do like a, a one-on-one episode where we really chop it up about, you know, the entire series. Um, so that should be a lot of fun, man. So stay tuned for all of those things. Um, and until then, man, I'll at y'all. SEC, baby, we out.